Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast number 38. Sheriff's Office Defends Coronavirus Response Against American Civil Liberties Union Criticism, Police Chaplains Persevere, and Without Protective Gear and Consistent Standards, Police Innovate Through Coronavirus. From Weld County, Colorado, the Greeley Tribune reports a spokesman for the Weld County Sheriff's Office this week disputed criticisms by the American Civil Liberties Union of Colorado that the agency didn't do enough to prepare for coronavirus at the Weld County Jail. The criticisms came prior to the discovery Wednesday that an inmate and four deputies have tested positive for the virus, representatives of the American Civil Liberties Union of Colorado said among the state's ten most populous jails. The Weld County Sheriff's Office has taken the least steps to reduce the jail population, in all but two of the ten most populous counties across the state, the American Civil Liberties Union found a 25-50% to 50 decrease in the jail populations, but the Weld County Jail has had a depopulation rate of just 14% compared to the jail's average daily population reported in the quarter ending December 31, 2019. According to the American Civil Liberties Union, Joe Moylan, a spokesman for the Weld County Sheriff's Office, said efforts to depopulate the jail can be seen in the past month. As of Tuesday, there were 639 inmates at the jail, Moylan said. On March 1, that number was 789, meaning the jail's population has decreased by about 19% in the past month. Rebecca Wallace, Senior Staff Attorney and Senior Policy Counsel of the American Civil Liberties Union of Colorado, said the Sheriff's Office simply hasn't taken the same steps sheriffs across the state have to take a more proactive approach to reducing the jail's population. There are some very reasonable ways to get the jail population lowered, Wallace said. There are sheriffs who are doing it on their own authority, like the Jefferson County Sheriff who's actually releasing people who are sentenced and have served more than 50% of their sentence, and then there are other sheriffs who are working very hard directly with prosecutors and with chief judges to bring the jail population down. Moylan on Tuesday said the sheriff's office has primarily asked police departments across the county not to bring people to the jail when they could instead issue a citation or a court summons. Of the more than 600 inmates, a little more than 575 of them are in jail waiting for their court dates. A judge would need to order those inmates released before they could be released, Moylan said. About 60 inmates are serving county jail sentences, and many of them are on trustee status cooking and cleaning around the jail, if they were to be let out, Moylan said, it wouldn't make a significant impact on the jail population, and taxpayers would have to pick up the bill to replace the services those inmates provide. Wallace took issue with social media posts and public comments Sheriff Steve Reams has made in response to the coronavirus outbreak, including a Facebook post featuring a get-out-of-jail-free card from Monopoly talking about Gov. Jared Polis guidance to sheriffs to depopulate the jail, I have asked the local police departments and my own patrol staff to avoid making an arrest when a summons can effectively rectify a criminal investigation but I haven't closed the Weld County Jail nor have I started releasing prisoners because of the virus, and I don't intend to do so, Reams said in the post, but other posts by Reams have expressed concerns about the spread of the virus, including the one prior to his post about Polis guidance. There is no doubt that the coronavirus is here and impacting some folks and will continue to spread if we don't take the appropriate precautions that have been given, Reams said in that post, jail visitations have mostly been eliminated, even prior to the confirmed cases, 
as the sheriff's office added extra phones to each housing unit and video conferencing, outside religious counseling was suspended, and an in-house pastor instead provided services, two housing units were also set aside as transitional housing for new inmates, so jail staff could monitor the new inmates for symptoms before rotating them to a general housing unit. Following the confirmed cases involving an inmate and four deputies, the sheriff's office has taken further steps to lock down the jail and extend the time new inmates are in transitional housing to a full 14 days. Wallace said it's even more important now that the sheriff's office take further action to depopulate the jail, given credible reports by Weld County inmates and their attorneys that sick and well inmate are sleeping and eating within feet of one another. It is almost certain that other inmates in the jail have the virus she said in an email, now, more than ever, to mitigate the spread of the virus within and outside the jail walls, Weld County must take action to decrease the jail population in order to allow incarcerated individuals and staff to practice physical distancing at all times, Moylan said the American Civil Liberties Union's criticisms are an attempt to politically exploit the pandemic. The American Civil Liberties Union believes every inmate serving time behind bars in this country is a victim, and they're trying to exploit an international health crisis to push a political agenda, which is irresponsible and dangerous, Moylan said, even if we had the authority to release inmates as the American Civil Liberties Union has outlined in its letter, we wouldn't do it because that would be a gross injustice to the members of our community who are truly victims of criminal behavior perpetrated by some of the inmates incarcerated in our jail. From Bismarck, North Dakota, KXNet reports despite the pandemic, there are 13 volunteers and a full-time chaplain on call 24-7 to ease minds in the capital city, even though they are all full-time pastors or deacons, if there is a 2 a.m. fire. A chaplain gets out of bed and heads to the scene to support first responders and anyone who is affected. Chaplain Greg Carr is at the helm of crisis care chaplaincy. He says, like the rest of the community, they too are in the midst of a storm. You may recognize Chaplain Carr from the prayer he shared at one of the governor's Sunday evening coronavirus press conferences. He says the last few weeks have been particularly stressful for law enforcement. Our chaplains are still able to do station visits and ride-alongs, that may change in the days to come, it just depends on how this virus spreads, but, we are a part of the greater team, I think it would make their jobs more difficult if we weren't able to do our jobs, Chaplain Carr shared, we've got to put on this tough persona, you know, because we can't shut down, added Bismarck Police Deputy Chief Jason Stuglemeyer, but, chaplains have been essential for years, in fact, the crisis care chaplaincy has been there to support Bismarck law enforcement, other first responders, dispatchers and the community since 1979, to take care of our responders as the incident is unfolding, explained Deputy Chief Mayer. He says after multiple officer-involved shootings in the last few months, he is extra thankful the chaplaincy is around, to make sure officers are taken care of mentally, emotionally and spiritually. I've always believed in three things, loving God, loving others, and serving, Chaplain Carr concluded, he says although times are uncertain, all agencies they work with have their chaplain's cell phone number, and they are available day or night as usual, normally, this would be the day each month that KX News has the opportunity to bring lunch to a well-deserving agency or organization. Unfortunately, in following social distancing guidelines, we couldn't bring lunch for the chaplains and first responders today, but, 
It's something to look forward to doing once again, when that day comes. From Baltimore, Maryland, WWMT reports, in Baltimore County, Maryland, the police department is being proactive in its approach to coronavirus, putting out videos to let the public know how they'll look if a 911 call has a potential COVID-19 connection. The department also took another innovative step early on in the crisis, creating what they call a strike team to handle calls involving coronavirus. By creating that task force, it gave a lot of our other officers the peace of mind to know they weren't consistently going to those types of calls for service, said Baltimore County Police Chief Melissa Hyatt. Among the officers on the task force are more than 80 school resource officers in the county whose regular assignments were lost when schools shut down. They step PED up to fill a new role, serving and protecting as the first line of defense against the virus. Each SRO was trained in how to decontaminate and dispose of personal protective equipment, social distancing and specific responsibilities for when they're dispatched to calls for service, Baltimore County Police Chief Melissa Hyatt says, I have to commend those men and women, they took the responsibility, they got the training, they took the gear. Protective gear to keep COVID-19 at bay is at a premium, shortages at hospitals have been widely reported but first responders are also at risk on the front lines, Spotlight on America found police departments nationwide are already feeling the impact, the New York Police Department reports more than 1,000 officers have tested positive for coronavirus, in Chicago, at least 50 officers have been infected, and even in a smaller city like Buffalo, at least 17 officers have tested positive with another 20 in self-quarantine. We don't have the luxury of social distance, said Patrick Yose, national president of the Fraternal Order of Police. The nature of our job puts us in a position where we're going to come in contact, and we don't have the personal protective equipment we need to protect ourselves. Yose told Spotlight on America that in addition to lacking crucial equipment, there are no national guidelines for how police should respond in a pandemic. As a result, some are innovating solutions to keep officers safe while others haven't grasped the severity of the crisis yet. There are agencies that have their heads in the sand and don't recognize the potentials that are happening, he explained, if we don't take a serious look at what we're doing with law enforcement, you're going to see a second crisis coming down, it's a crisis Yo's fears could lead to fewer cops on the street and the potential for an uptick in crime at a time when cities are already feeling vulnerable, it's a worry shared by the National Sheriff's Association which tells Spotlight on America a lack of protective equipment is its main concern, that's why he and the national FOP are calling on policymakers in Washington to find solutions, by setting national guidelines for police departments when it comes to response, testing and quarantine protocols. He also wants protections guaranteed for officers who end up getting sick, they should be able to come to work with the understanding that if and when they do contract the virus that agencies are going to stand by them. Yos said, if we work together there's absolutely nothing that can stop us, not even COVID-19. On Thursday, the U.S. Department of Justice made $850 million available to public safety agencies nationwide, according to the department. Agencies can apply immediately for that funding, which can be used to hire personnel, pay overtime costs, cover protective equipment and supplies, and other purposes. Back in Baltimore County, they're working to get masks and other protective equipment into the hands of hundreds of officers in an attempt to keep potential infections in their department to a minimum. 
Donations, according to Chief Hyatt, are helping. The department is also working its way through the ranks, training officers on COVID-19 response, with SRO supervisors acting as trainers. It's part of this department's efforts to protect the men and women who protect us. This is what they're hardwired to do. They come to work every day and they do it, Chief Hyatt said. It's our responsibility and leadership to make sure they have the training, the tools and the equipment they need to continue to do that and keep them as safe as possible. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.